We're about to head into the new year and everyone knows what that means. It's the new year, new me time. The yearly tradition where millions of people across the world proudly pronounce to themselves or others that this is going to be their year. They're going to eat better, exercise more, maybe get a promotion at work. Whatever it is, they're going to do it, mark their words. And there's nothing wrong with bettering yourself, but am I the only one that finds this yearly tradition just a little concerning? Either way, no matter what you think about New Year's resolutions, there is one thing that is for sure. It's a hell of a time to be in the fitness industry. For one fitness giant though, they might be missing out on that coveted New Year's sale bump, Peloton. Over the last few years, the company has been experiencing a roller coaster of success. During the pandemic, they, like many other at-home fitness companies, basked in the glory of selling more of their product than ever before. This was the biggest year of the home fitness industry's career and Peloton was leading the pack when it came to curing quarantine boredom and gym withdrawals. There was just a tiny problem with their sudden increase in sales though. They didn't have the production set up. So while customers lined up to order their new favorite bike or treadmill, they were shocked to learn that their order could take over a month to arrive or that their delivery might just be canceled at the very last minute. As customers' frustrations grew, so did Peloton's problems. Their ability to control their own messaging seemed to be rapidly falling out of their hands as multiple characters experienced health complications while using their products on outrageously popular TV shows. To add a little extra salt to that wound, they were also met with a sudden onslaught of lawsuits with a variety of accusations, one of which came after the company's treadmills were found to be unusually dangerous for children and animals. And that's a fact that Peloton seemingly tried to ignore until their hands were finally forced. It seems like that COVID-19 bump is more of a curse than anything to them. As their CEO casually stepped down from the company, they made multiple rounds of layoffs and their stocks continuously yo-yo, their future lies in the balance of all of this. Despite the bad press, the lawsuits and the dangerous products, will Peloton come back out on top or will it all prove too much and cause them to fold? How fit is this fitness industry giant? Well, an ad for a $2,000 exercise bike called Peloton is sparking a massive backlash The popular at-home fitness company is recalling 27,000 bikes for safety concerns. The fitness brand says there's a defect. There's been almost no innovation in the fitness equipment category for 40 years. So we are the best cardio machine on the planet. Um, who cares? Hello and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati and today we're going to be talking about the exercise company that blasted onto the scene and rapidly began appearing in every home or at least for those who could afford it, Peloton. Now, the holiday season is a kind of mixed bag for the company. Sure, like most, it's a great time to make money. It's also a great time to release some holiday specific ads with cute little decorations maybe a random heartwarming story that has nothing to do with the product and is meant to pull at customers' heartstrings. But for Peloton, the holiday ads are where they seem to get in some trouble. Holiday ads seem to be more like a curse for the company than a blessing. Now, this started back in 2019. People were sitting on their couches, enjoying their sugar cookies, hot cocoa, and a never ending stream of holiday movies when suddenly an ad appeared on their screen. In it, a woman is gifted a Peloton from her husband for Christmas. A Peloton? Give it up for our first time riding. Right, first ride. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Let's do this. Five days in a row. You surprised? In the 30 second ad spot, the ad follows the woman's fitness journey. Before her first ride, she looks into the camera with eyes that people suggested screamed fear. And then she was a little nervous, but excited. 
By the end, she was cuddled up on the couch with her partner, watching her videos back as a compilation to thank her spouse. In the end, a video plays that says, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Ah, yes. An exercise bike that changes your life is gifted to an already slim woman by her husband. There's no way that that would get any backlash, right? Just kidding. The whole thing felt like a 1950s commercial that told husbands to buy their wives vacuums as a present or weight loss pills. It just screamed sexism. As Ash Bendelow, the managing director of the UK creative agency Brave said, it was cringe, old fashioned and tone deaf. Their tagline, the gift that gives back, didn't really help the situation considering it sounds like it was a gift that gives back to the husband. Like give your stinky, nasty, fat wife a Peloton so you can have a hot wife. Now I'm sure that's not what they meant, but fuck if that's not what it pretty much came out like. For other observers, it almost seemed a bit dystopian with many people comparing it to a Black Mirror episode. Now this ad took off just not in the way I think the company was hoping. One of the most viral videos in response to it had 3 million people laughing their asses off as Eva Victor reenacted the commercial. Instead of showing a happy, albeit slightly concerned looking wife on a bike, she portrayed a wife who called her husband a fucking sociopath for getting his wife a stationary bike unprovoked for Christmas. In the end, she hands him divorce papers. What can I say? It was a good laugh. And all of this would have been fine. I mean, all publicity is good publicity, I suppose but Peloton suddenly found itself losing value after the ad, an estimated $1.5 billion in value to be exact. And they seemed pretty shocked by that. Despite all of the bad press, tweets, and constant stream of jokes, they stood firmly behind their commercial and they released this statement. We constantly hear from our members how their lives have been meaningfully and positively impacted after purchased or being gifted a Peloton bike or tread, often in ways that surprise them. Our holiday spot was created to celebrate that fitness and wellness journey. While we're disappointed in how some have misinterpreted this commercial, we are encouraged by and grateful for the outpouring of support we've received from those who understand what we were trying to communicate. And I'm sure the company means what they said. I can 100% see how getting a Peloton might've changed someone's life. But the framing of the commercial mixed with the actress's worrisome expressions was just a bit of a miss. Like, let's just call it what it is. But for Peloton, this wasn't the last time they would have to face a massive PR firestorm. Just a short while later, they faced another, this time thanks to the Sex in the City reboot that no one asked for. I feel like the show has been out long enough that anyone who wants to see it already has, but just in case, a couple spoilers. When, and just like that, premiered in December, 2021, viewers were shocked by the sudden death of one of the most forefront characters in the long running 23 year series, Mr. Big, played by Chris Noth. And how did he die? Well, he had a heart attack while riding, you guessed it, a Peloton bike. Immediately, people began to ask, what the hell did the company do to get such bad PR from the show? I mean, when the main character dies while using your product, that's not exactly good for business. The company did announce that they were not told how their product was going to be used in the series and was acutely unaware that one of the main characters was going to die on it. But he did, and Peloton was forced to go on a sort of defense, which in all honesty is a bit hilarious. They even went to the extent of having Suzanne Steinbaum, a cardiologist who works on their advisory council, declare Mr. Big's cause of death to everything but their product. She said that the character's lifestyle choices like cocktails, cigars, and big steaks were the likely cause of his death. Riding his Peloton bike may have even helped delay his cardiac event. And I'm sorry, but feeling the need to have a cardiologist explain a fictional character's death to protect your brand is probably just, it's funny to me. It's just one of the funniest things I've seen. I just, it's something I would not have expected, but I digress. 
Unfortunately for the company, this wouldn't be the only time that actor gave them a headache. When they tried to make a cute little response to the episode by featuring Chris Noth in an ad campaign, they were hit with yet another PR nightmare after he was accused of sexual assault. Swiftly after learning about the allegations, they took down their ad and released a statement saying they were unaware of the allegations. So yeah, Peloton's ability to control their own narrative seemed to be swiftly falling out of their hands. It wasn't long until their next PR nightmare when yet another character faced a heart attack on their bike in the show Billions. At least this time, the character did not die. Even so, this screamed trouble for Peloton. Reputation management expert Brock Lebunsky said that he didn't see a bright future for Peloton. They were desperate for some good publicity, and if they didn't get it, they were certainly in for a rough ride. Get it? Because he ride the bike? Anyway, it turns out that guy was right. While all the bad publicity seemed to continuously punch the company in the face, there were other things going on that were severely impacting its ability to do good business. Their fitness empire just didn't seem very fit itself. While the company was grappling with its own commercial blunders and the bizarre and sudden stream of actors randomly suffering health complications in TV shows while on their bikes, they also had some other issues to worry about. Despite the various PR mishaps, Peloton seemed to be having a gold star year in 2020. Their sales grew 66% in the first three months of the year. So yeah, this probably had something to do with COVID-19. But with people trapped in their houses, unable to go to the gym, and let's be honest, bored out of their fucking minds, they turned to in-home gym equipment to fill that void. By all accounts, it seemed like it would be a wonderful year for the company. However, everything wasn't as wonderful as it seemed. The sudden explosive growth wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It appears that Peloton may have horribly overexpanded with little preparation, and soon those cracks began to show. Customer complaints began flooding in from people who had been waiting weeks for their new bikes and even some that had their orders abruptly canceled. One customer wrote on Twitter, with zero notice, no call, no email, you failed to show up and deliver the bike I had been waiting seven plus weeks for. This is super disappointing. And if you value the integrity of your brand, you will take greater ownership of this systemic problem. Another wrote that their order was canceled a mere 45 minutes before it was expected. Four days later, it was finally rescheduled for 20 days later. One more review called Peloton's customer service, quote, even worse than Comcast. And if you listened to my Comcast episode that came out a couple weeks ago, you know that having bad customer service is pretty damn difficult because they really take the cake. But congratulations, Peloton, you did it. Now, when you're selling bikes that can go for about $3,000 and memberships that can go for about $468 a year, it seems pretty reasonable for customers to be just a teeny bit annoyed when their orders are spontaneously canceled with no explanation. Of course, there was an explanation. They just weren't doing their best job of making their customers aware of the circumstances. With orders at an all-time high, Peloton simply did not have the production to keep up with demand. Even after doubling their production capacity, they were horribly behind. So behind, in fact, that during an earnings call, executives told team members that their order to delivery times would likely not get back to normal until one year later. Now, I'm just spitballing here. But maybe if you know you don't have the production capacity to take a certain amount of orders, you should probably stop taking orders just to catch up. Like I know it's a bit of a radical idea, not taking orders leaves an abundance of money on the table and I get it, American greed and all of that shit. But it also helps you avoid those pesky little complaints about your delivery issues on bikes that cost some people the equivalent of two months rent. But that's just my thinking. Still, Peloton remained confident that everything was going to be okay. That is of course, until 2021 showed up and reports started flooding in that their new treadmills were increasingly dangerous and causing children severe injuries. Now we will get back to those details in just a little bit, but 
As regulators pressured the company to take their new treadmills off the market, they refused until they were literally forced to recall the product when they were hit with a plethora of lawsuits. This whole fiasco and the lawsuits that came flooding in caused the company's stock value to plummet. Once the toast of the town on Wall Street, they suddenly seemed to be hanging on by only a thread. So they did what any massive company does and decided to lay off a couple hundred or thousand workers, which of course came with its own mess. While Peloton froze hiring and announced the possibility of thousands of layoffs, the CEO, John Foley, decided it would also be a wonderful idea to throw a massive Christmas bash for a select group of employees at the illustrious Plaza Hotel. Not shockingly, this was met with workers who called it extremely opulent and tone deaf considering the state of Peloton at the time. It became even more tone deaf when just a little while later, they made good on their promise and fired 2,800 people. They at least offered their employees a relatively stable severance package, at least from what I can tell. Although there is one thing included that seems just, well, a little fucking insane. In addition to their cash severance, career services and healthcare benefits for an unspecified amount of time, fired employees were handed a free year of membership to Peloton. And I don't know why, but handing your employees membership to the company's product that just fired them because of their mistakes seems like a bit of a slap in the face. Like, yay, I don't have a job anymore, but at least I can ride this damn bike. I guess that's something, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems really off-putting to me. As 2022 came rolling in, the company's fiscal outlook seemed pretty atrocious. They were down about $1 billion from the year before and their connected fitness subscribers was slowly falling too. In the three month period before the end of December, they reported a staggering net loss of $439.4 million. And to make matters worse, their CEO announced that he would be stepping down as part of the restructuring of the business saying, quote, we are taking steps to best position Peloton for sustainable growth while also establishing a clear path to consistent profitability. I'm not quite sure how well that's working out for them at the current moment, considering they announced once again in July that they would no longer be making their own bikes since they were again having production problems, but this time they decided to outsource. So I guess that's an improvement. Oh, there's also the fact that they have made about four rounds of layoffs too. Neither one of those two actions screams best position for sustainable growth to me, but again, that's just my opinion. Production issues and massive PR issues aren't the only thing that contribute to such a rocky three years for this company. Obviously, there has to be something else going on to inspire such massive changes. But what could that be, I wonder? Hmm. Wait, I've got an idea. How about lawsuits? A shit ton of lawsuits. ...faces a class action lawsuit by customers who say... Peloton misled them about the growth of its fitness bike that has skyrocketed in popularity during the pandemic is now facing a class action lawsuit tonight. The suit claims that the company's warnings for its treadmill, not the bike, do not convey potentially deadly risks to children and animals, despite new warnings from the consumer products. Remember when I mentioned the whole treadmill debacle? Well, I already said it. Peloton didn't issue a recall for them out of the kindness of their hearts. Their hands were forced. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, over 70 incidents had been reported to the company involving two of their treadmills, and in one of them, a child died. After that child died, Peloton's CEO released a company-wide email that read in part, "'I'm reaching out to you today "'because I recently learned about a tragic accident "'involving a child and the Tread Plus, "'resulting in, unthinkably, a death. "'While we are aware of only a small handful "'of incidents involving the Tread Plus "'where children have been hurt,' Each one is devastating to all of us at Peloton and our hearts go out to the families involved. 
Now, for me, this would be like alarm bells going off in my head that maybe we should do something to fix this product, but it feels more like Peloton decided to go with the thoughts and prayers method first. Still, the CPSC deemed the product to be unsafe for adult users, children, and pets, and stated that objects can be pulled underneath the rear of the treadmill, posing a risk of injury or death. After the CPSC announced to the public that the product was dangerous and advised against its use, Peloton called the warning misleading and inaccurate. You see, that's where they fucked up. Because only three days after the CPSC warned the public, the first class action lawsuit dropped. A California woman sued the company for marketing the product as being safe even after the federal agency issued a urgent safety warning. The lawsuit said in part, the Tread Plus contains significant design flaws that make it defective, unfit for use in a home with children and unreasonably dangerous for its intended purpose. Namely, because the design is extremely susceptible to children and pets getting trapped underneath the machine while it is operating. The lawsuit called out the company for denying the warnings of the federal agency, even after overwhelming evidence, which once again, included a child dying, deemed the products to be unsafe. It hoped that a court would issue an injunction preventing the company from selling the treadmill until it was officially deemed safe and that all customers receive a refund. It seemed like a pretty reasonable ask for people that spent over $4,000 on a dangerous product. Just nine days later, Peloton faced another lawsuit, this time from its investors. The shareholder class action lawsuit alleged that the company had defrauded its investors by claiming that their $4,000 treadmill was safe. After Peloton announced that it wasn't going to recall the product, its shares dropped a dramatic 14%. To the investors, this felt like it was planned and they felt like they were owed something back. Finally, after realizing that just maybe ignoring a federal agency and 70 reported injuries wasn't the best idea in the entire world, they decided to finally recall the treadmill, releasing a statement acknowledging that they probably should have worked with the Consumer Product Safety Commission sooner. Like most companies, they followed it up by saying they were now obviously committed to working with the agency in the future to set new industry safety standards for treadmills. These types of supposed commitments always rub me the wrong way, because if you were truly committed, you wouldn't have to have been sued multiple times to make the right decision. That's all I'm really gonna say on that. Now, ironically, and honestly, kind of hysterically too, this move got them sued again by the investors after their stock fell another 14%. And I really can't help but kind of giggle about this because legitimately, if they had just done things right in the first place, all of this would have avoided, like like none of this would have happened if they just did the correct thing the first time instead of just trying to do the little thoughts and prayers route. Like, I'm sorry, but this is exactly what you deserve. Either way though, Peloton was finally technically doing the right thing and offering customers a refund for the dangerous treadmill. If people didn't want a refund, they had the option to move the treadmill to a different room where children or pets could not access it free of charge. It's kind of an odd second option, but all right. While Peloton may have escaped a disaster, at least from a legal standpoint for their dangerous treadmill debacle, they were still not out of the woods yet because they had a couple more lawsuits coming down the pipeline and this time they wouldn't be so lucky. And before we hop into those other lawsuits, I'm just gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors because honestly, like it's a lot of lawsuits, okay? This is a lot. Self-care is always top of mind for me. But in between meditation sessions or trips to the yoga studio or a nail salon, how often are you taking care of all your needs? Well, transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Dipsy is the app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. 
racially inclusive, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash casket. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash casket, dipsystories.com slash casket. I said on this program, I thought it might just be the tip of the iceberg and it turns out that we were right. We discovered on our own research about 1,144 songs that weren't licensed from these 14 plaintiffs. During the court process, Peloton was forced to turn over a more complete list of the music they've been using As we all know, when you use music in your ads, videos, or I don't know, personal online training sessions from famous artists like Taylor Swift, Adele, Beyonce, and many others, you need to license that music. However, according to a lawsuit filed by multiple music industry giants who were a part of the National Music Publishers Association, Peloton was allegedly doing no such thing. In 2019, 14 members of the NMPA filed a lawsuit against Peloton claiming that they had not been paying for a significant amount of the music it had used. The lawsuit laid out more than 1,000 musical works that Peloton had been using for their personal fitness classes without paying for them. The organization's president and CEO said that it was astounding that Peloton had gone so long without proper music licensing and pointed out that the company had only spent a mere 2% of its total revenue on music. Considering how important music was to their online fitness classes, it seemed a bit suspicious. According to him, this wasn't just disappointing to the music industry, but it should be disappointing to the customers as well. He said that the company had let down its customers by failing to pay music creators while selling its memberships at a premium. And to be fair, that makes an abundance of sense. It's slightly disappointing to think that a company that was charging and making so much money off of this kind of program was not paying the creators of the music. It seems like the bare minimum for a massive company, but it just, you know, must've slipped their mind. Now, of course, Peloton didn't see it that way. In fact, they attempted to counter sue the NMPA claiming that they had broken antitrust laws. They were denied by a judge, by the way. However, one year later, the two entities reached a settlement. The exact financial terms of the settlement, which could have exceeded over $300 million, were not disclosed. The NMPA and Peloton did announce that they had entered a joint collaboration agreement. So happy ending, right? Well, not so fast. While the company was going through litigation with the Music Association, they had removed about half of their classes, the ones that included the copyright infringing music. This move, which probably sat great with the NMPA, didn't sit so well with the customers. So essentially, while they advertised their classes, they did so by telling potential customers that their class list was ever growing. Meanwhile, half of those classes were suddenly just pulled. This felt like a huge, like false advertisement to the customers who bought the product with the promise that there would be a never ending stream of classes. So what does that mean? That's right, another class action lawsuit was brought against them, again. In an attempt to avoid yet another lawsuit, Peloton tried their very best to have it dismissed by claiming that the plaintiffs lacked understanding and were unable to prove that they had relied on the ever-growing promise when they decided to purchase their products. Unfortunately, this strategy did not work out well. A judge from the Southern District of New York said that the reliance was an unnecessary burden of proof and wouldn't stop the class action lawsuit from going forward. Judge Lindman wrote that the plaintiffs were allowed to plead both injury and causation by alleging that they had been misled and charged a premium that they wouldn't have been had they not been misled by the company. Since the decision that Peloton would indeed have to face this lawsuit head on was just recently handed down in August of 2022, there's no final solution to this case yet, but we'll keep our eyes out. 
or I'll just keep my one eye out. But there's one more thing. Recently, in October 2022, Peloton was also hit with a $1.8 million lawsuit by one of its former instructors. Daniel McKenna, who had worked for Peloton for over a year, alleges that he was wrongfully terminated and discriminated against. Additionally, he claims that an executive had mocked his Irish background and his request for a medical exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine after he was worried it would impact his ability to recover from a recent surgery. McKenna had taken off of work for the surgery and claims that before he returned to work, he was told by the chief content officer, Jennifer Cotter, that he was on thin ice for taking disability leave. He was later terminated for cause, but according to the lawsuit, there was no explanation or notice given to him prior to the firing. Now, obviously, since this is a relatively new lawsuit, there's unfortunately no updates here either. With the lawsuits, recalls, and the CEO stepping down, a whole array of other issues going on, people are just kind of starting to wonder in general, like, what's next for Peloton? Some of the most loyal customers are beginning to wonder if their online training sessions may soon disappear. While most business analysts are saying that it's unlikely that Peloton equipment and their patented training sessions will evaporate anytime soon, the thought that the company might be in a little bit of trouble is definitely a viable concern. Some are suggesting that a buyout might be in their future, while others see that as an improbable step for the future. But for right now, we just kind of have to wait and see. Will Peloton rise from the ashes of their various mistakes or will the company go up in flames? Only time will tell. But with all of that being said, that is where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you'd like to catch up with me outside of these episodes, including once a week on Thursdays at 6.30 MST on Twitch, where we do like a nice little political panel, if you'd like to kind of hang out with me live and a couple friends and fellows, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash the Illuminati because I have the original Illuminati account on Twitch too, but I locked myself out of it and I don't know how to get back in. So it's the Illuminati or on YouTube, my second channel, Illuminati with uh, the ending being T-E-A. You can find the links for all of those names or you know wherever you'd like to watch uh, in my Linktree link in the description box. It's just a nice little organized list of all of my social media everywhere that I am and all projects and things that I'm involved in. So with that being said, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. 